my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. listening to the Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. We have Knicks preseason basketball, excuse me, we have Knicks preseason basketball to talk about. We have our point guard and Jalen Brunson to talk about. We got some Julius Randle to talk about and to help me do all of this today. You see him on screen already. I'm sure you saw him last night. MSG analyst, ESPN radio host. And also, if you saw last season, he was on first take a couple of times too. Who knows where we're going to see him uh, this season. <laughs> Please help me welcome Alan Hahn. What's going on, Alan? How are you doing today, man? Uh, great, Troy. Good to be back with you. Hey, man. And again, I got to say it because I always do. Han Solo in the mm-hmm. building. I love that nickname, man. Um, <laughs> I, I really, really do. And before I get into the, you know, the stuff about the Knicks, I just got to give some flowers to Alan Hahn. This man has been putting in the work this offseason. Every time I look up, I swear to God, I see him in another podcast. Including this one now. He's doing it. He's but the thing is he's doing the service to the fans. And one of the things you got a little bit of hate on this too. And I wanna this is one thing I wanted to talk about. The Leon Rose interview you did. Mm-hmm. By the way, great interview. A lot of people don't understand. I find it so funny that some people thought you you weren't as lavish with your question. You should have pushed on Leon a little bit more. I thought you did a phenomenal job towing that line of balance. There is a there's something to be said about professionalism. I can come on here and ask Alan Hahn anything about his family, his life, but that's not professional. There is a professional basis to when you do interviews. And the way you handled that Leon Rose interview, it shows me why you get those interviews. See, I appreciate you saying that. It's it's something that I, I, I think you're right. I don't think a lot of people understand how it does work. And to be honest, too. I have been in, you know, I've been in scrums in the preseason with a general manager, whether it's Isaiah Thomas, whether it's Donnie Walsh, as a reporter, as a beat writer, and you know, no one's badgering anyone in those in those situations, right? It's easy for us to all like I'm I'm like this when with you know I'm a fan of like the Yankees or the Jets, right? So I would feel like that about Brian Cashman, like I would want to demand answers, and he's got to answer this and stuff. But when you're a reporter and you're embedded like that as a beat writer or or whatever, or, or what I am at this point, you know that you you just don't do that because it's disrespectful, it's unprofessional. You you don't badger people unless, of course, it's something that's pretty serious and you got to get an answer. That's a different story. But when you're talking about building your team and stuff, you know, you're not gonna sit there and just start like you know accusing him of things or saying things that are just fan base kind of takes. And and as I've said this before, I'll, I'll say it one more time. The questions that were asked were questions I wanted to ask that I would have asked in any kind of scenario I felt were important to be answered. And I thought Leon answered them. And there are some things that, you know, like the Donovan Mitchell stuff, he can't talk about Donovan Mitchell, right, Troy? You understand? Right, right. Exactly. He will get like he will get fined by the league if he talks about. Oh yeah, we were trying to trade for him, and we had to. If he does all that, he'll get fined. 
there's a rule about talking about a player who's the possession of another team. You know, that's just, that's the reality. So he couldn't say much, but the fact that he answered anything from me and was willing to do it was, I thought, important. So, I mean, look, everybody's going to hate. Everybody's going to have a problem with it. I watched it back, and there were a couple of things. I'm like, yeah, I probably should have followed up here, there. But in the moment when you're recording something, and, and as I've said this before, too, this was shot in one take. They started rolling. We didn't cut. Not once. You can ask anybody that was there. We never cut all the way through those commercial breaks. That was the producer that did that as he's doing, he's like, well, I got to go to commercial at some point, right? You got to pay for these shows. So he had to find a place to stop. And then I voiced over the, you know, more with Leon Rose coming up, but we didn't stop. We rolled the whole thing, got it done in one take and asked every question I wanted to ask. And nothing was edited out. Not a single question I asked. They said, oh, we're not going to have that. That didn't happen. So, you know, I mean, I did the best I could. I appreciate you saying that. For the most part, I've heard from a lot of people that just like the fact that at least he talked to someone. Right. And uh, and hopefully, you know what? Hopefully there's there's certainly more of this because it's good. always good to hear from, you know, the the uh, the leading voice of the franchise. And, you know, the 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 thing here is um, I had a couple of other guests on my show. I actually had uh, Zach uh, Braziller from The New York Post on my yep. show, and I told him about that as well, too. And even he said, you know, obviously the media and uh, and Leon Rose don't get along right now. But even they agreed that the interview you did was, um, you know, top notch and really stellar. And again, any fan that couldn't see the again, the balance that's needed to do an interview like that is right. ridiculous. I thought from that standpoint, you, you nailed it 100 percent. And mm -hmm. the Knicks front office maybe getting that same praise later on in the season because it seems they hit a little bit of a jackpot with Jalen Brunson. And, okay, listen, first preseason game. I get it. You're going to tell me that. I get it. Listen, I understand. I know we have a couple of games left. It's not they even start yet. Jalen Brunson right. played 20 minutes. I get it. But, Allen, 20 minutes, mm -hmm. 7 of 9 from the field, 5 assists, 16 points, looking like he could get in the paint whenever he wanted, shoot outside mm -hmm. whenever he wanted, penetrate whenever he wanted. Maybe it's just me just lacking a guard and seeing Alec Burke at the position for so long <laughs> that I've forgotten what it feels like to have a good guard there. But I thought Jalen Brunson could not have done better in his premier debut at MSG. What was your thoughts on uh, Jalen Brunson? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And as I said on the post-game show, I felt like he set a tone. You know, it was it's it, you know, sometimes you look for a point guard uh, to to be a leader. Sometimes you you know you want the point guard to be a guy that's uh, somebody that just takes over and all that stuff. What he did was set a tone, but it was a physical tone. Like he took charges early on. You know, first preseason game, first quarter. It's gonna look a little messy. So you saw some, you know, air balls and a couple of really ugly looking shots. I mean, both sides really. That wasn't a pretty first quarter, but there were a couple of moments that you saw, like, okay, there's a little. All right, that's different. But what also was recognizable was something that I saw a lot of Jalen last year because I spent a lot of time covering uh, the Western Conference playoffs for ESPN. So I saw Jalen a lot, and of course, you know, with the back of my mind, knowing that, you know, all the rumors were that he was going to sign with the Knicks, I paid a close attention to his game and it's that's that's what he did it, it's nothing different than what you saw in dallas dribble penetration he can get into the paint against anybody he's got a low center of gravity strong and that alone just makes a defense collapse because he can finish you know alfred payton could get in the paint alfred payton couldn't finish you know like that's the difference jalen can so you need that help you need to be able to suck in and then when you do He's got that ability to make that pass if he needs to or to just finish that shot and create the defense to focus on him. But on the other end of the floor is where a lot of people are were wondering, well, he's, you know, he's six feet. You know, is he not that big of a guard? Are they going to take advantage of him? Right. It didn't look like – I mean, Kate Cunningham, 6'8". Did it look he like Kate Cunningham to took advantage of that size advantage? He didn't. You know, it's like he knows he's smart enough at this point in his career to know what he can and can get, get away with defensively. But it was the taking the charge in the preseason, the willingness to give up your body. That kind of sets a tone with your team. And I really that's what I liked about him, that tone setting. Uh, it's sort of like, no, no, this is who we're going to be. And I felt like that stood out to me early in the in the preseason game. And then come out of the half, 
What was their biggest weakness last year? Third quarter of doom, right? They always struggled in third quarters. That was first five minutes where they would, if they had a lead, they blew it. If they were down, the lead got away, you know, the, the, the deficit got away. They came out in the second half. And yes, I know it's a preseason game. I know it's the Pistons, but there's still something about a team's tone and attitude. And you saw it immediately where Brunson was like, let me get him involved. Let me get him involved. Quick baskets by RJ. And you looked up and it was like almost a 30-point game. So they were 10 for 10 also. So that's what I loved about Jalen Brunson. And you also know that he and Tibbs, like he's known him forever. That's never going to be a problem. Tibbs is tough on his point guards. But they've got a guy that can handle it because he already knows what's coming. They called him JB Smooth in my uh, Twitter <laughs> like space. That. And to be I like honest, that. I love every single – as soon as he touched the ball, I'm talking about the second he touched the ball, yeah. I felt different. Yes. It just felt different. He, he felt in it, control. Yeah. Yes. It felt – and I didn't see Randall walk the ball up. I didn't see yeah. that. And and for me, that's – I had my eyes on Randall a lot last night. Okay. Because I wanted to see how he was going to adjust this lineup. Because when you thought about mm-hmm. this lineup with Jalen Brunson coming in, you had to let him be the point guard. So you knew yeah. he was going to get his shots. You're going to get his minutes. Who was going to get less shots or who was going to get as many shots? That's what was in my head. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I was thinking of, well, you just paid RJ you know, $120 million or $107 million guaranteed, right? right? So you got to give him some shots now. Julius is paid. You still got to get him some shots. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this lineup now. And JB, like you said, he's, he's ama- he controlled the tone setting that he did in that game. I felt it. It You can feel it. If you're a Knicks yes. fan and you've been suffering for these last few years <laughs> and then you see how he played last night, there's a reason yeah. we're acting a little bit different for this one preseason game. It's because we haven't seen it. We've been devoid of it. I, I, maybe Raymond Felton. Maybe Alfred it's Payton been, on a good night. Maybe. Yeah, Jason Kidd. You know, when Kidd right. was, was running the point, he could get guys into spots and set them up. And you you could just wreck it. You know, it's the one thing I love about, about New York because I do think – you know, uh, people call us also. You know, we're so arrogant about our basketball knowledge, but I, I, I do think there, there is a, there is a, a savvy to a New York basketball fan because we know what we're looking at. Right. The problem is, is that a lot of times with our home teams, we're not looking at what we want to see, right? Right. But we know what we see when we see it, and you know, good point guard play when you see it, and it's not like he did anything dynamic, but what he did was what you would expect. And it sounds so simple, but like you said, you haven't had that element in so long. You've had, you know, asking Randall to play point forward a lot of times. We were looking at it like that doesn't look right. Like that doesn't look right. But he's got to do it because they don't really have a true point guard. There's just certain things you just know that don't look that doesn't look right. And then there's things when you see it, you're like, yeah, oh yeah, that's how that's how you're supposed to do it. Kid was doing it. Yes, Ray Felton was doing it as well. I loved Ray. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, you know, obviously Steph, when Steph was here and, and, you know, it didn't go great for Marbury, but he was a scorer. So you played around him on, on, on that level. But I mean, I go back to Derek Harper, you know, yeah. Harper would get guys organized. All right. I got to get big fella some shots. I got to get, you know, I right, Oaks getting a little grumbly. I got to get him some shot. Like there's always, you know, that, that you just knew got to take care of some people. It looks right. And that's the best way I could put it. You saw Brunson, and from the tip-off, it just looked right. And now you you know, you know, want to see that continue now for the rest of the season and just maybe offense won't be such a struggle this year like it was last year, that you won't have to create your own shot. They were last in the league, Troy, in, 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 in uh, assists per game. Last in the league. In a game that has become so much about passing and so less about ISO, the Knicks had no choice but to go ISO because they just didn't have an organizer. They do now. And one of the things that you know, we were just talking about regards to getting shots, right? Because who was going to get shots and who was going to lose shots? Mm-hmm. The one thing that I saw was Evan Fournier. He didn't play a lot. I get it. I didn't yep. expect him to right. play a lot. Yeah. Um, he a little sore, came back from EuroLeague, played his Yeah, he played all summer. There. Right. Yeah. So I expected him not to get a lot of burn. So I'm not taking a lot of that one game where – we don't know what's really happened, but I will say this. He wasn't really utilized a lot because they were looking, Brunson was looking for Randall, he was looking for uh, RJ, Mitch was getting some burn. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so Fournier's best asset, one of his best assets is his shooting. Yep. If he's not shooting, 
then in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so what is he giving you at that position then? Because we already have an undersized backcourt. Jalen Brunson, for all, you know, he's, you know, whatever you want to call him, you know, diminutive in size, he's undersized, mm-hmm. whatever. You saw last night that he doesn't mind getting physical. And from your guard, that's what, at least, if he's short, the, the least you want him to do is play with that focus and determination, that grit, and he has it. Mm-hmm. Another person who has it on the team is Quentin Grimes, I would think. A lot of fans have been saying mm-hmm. Can we put Quentin Grimes in there, especially from last night, if you're just looking at that one game as a sample size? And again, it's a one-game sample size. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, if, if Fournier is not going to get the same type of shots as he was last season and his shooting is not going to be as, you know, sought after in that starting lineup as it was last season, then maybe it is an argument that you start Grimes there because at least he can give you the defense. And he's not a bad shooter either. Yeah, well, he, he he and Fournier actually were pretty much on the same level as the three-point shooters, so both about 39% uh, in right. the first half of last season. Unfair, really, to compare the second half because he only played seven games after you know he had the injury. So I, I did the first half comparisons. They both shot about 39%. Obviously, Grimes is a better defender. Uh, he's a bigger bot, like a bigger, stronger defender as well. Yeah, um, can handle the ball. He's not the offensive threat, though, that Fournier is. I mean, to be fair to Evan Fournier, he is an Agreed. offensive threat who can create his own shot and knock down the three. And the big moments, like, he doesn't shrink in a big moment. You know, Fournier is a big moment kind of player. He's played in huge games. I mean, you think about it, with, with just with France, like, they have played in monstrous games. They played yeah. in gold medal games constantly. They're always playing big-time, high-pressure games. And so he thrives in that. But I made that like a month ago, and I'm not trying to be like, I'm the first one to say it, right? But I'm going to say I'm the first one to say it because I did it in August when nobody was talking about it. But, <laughs> I'll give it to you. But, it's, but everybody else you know, has, has also mentioned it as well. I felt like it made sense to have Grimes as, especially if you weren't going to trade him, if you didn't want to trade him for Donovan Mitchell, if that was one of the pieces that you're like, no, we're not trading him. If he's that valuable to you, then why, why isn't he starting? Why shouldn't he start between Brunson and Barrett? Because of all the reasons we just gave. He can shoot the three, he can defend, he can get up the floor. I have said that, and I thought, you know, okay, if he means that much to you, show me by putting him in the lineup. And then Tib shot it down. <laughs> he just <laughs> shot it down. He referenced all kinds of things, including numbers and whatever. And when he shot it down, I kind of said, all right, let me consider why he's shooting this down. And it's amazing today that when you just stop, and if someone disagrees with you, if you take a moment and say, well, let me understand why you disagree with what I just said, like, now, what, I just surrendered? No, I didn't surrender. I'm just listening, which we right. all need to learn how to do, right? Like, like, all right, you might disagree, but listen to me. So I wanted to listen to Tibbs' explanation of it and consider it and say, all right, I understand where he's going with that. And the other part of it that everybody keeps forgetting that I try to remind people all the time is how often did Evan Fournier finish games? Not yeah, much. Nah. Yeah, he would ride the he hardly fin- He didn't finish a lot of games. Right. So then I'm like, and Tibbs has said this many times. Starters, you know, yeah, a lot of times that's, you know, you, that's respect. Finishing the game is what matters. That's the group that I trust. Because in the last five minutes, I need guys I trust out there that I know will defend, that I know can make shots. Maybe the last five is what we should be watching, you know, in the first couple of games this season. Once, of course, Grimes gets healthy, it doesn't help that he's not healthy right now. Right. But Troy, that's what I was thinking is once I heard him say that, and then I started thinking to myself, let me watch how he finishes games. And then I can judge whether or not, because Fournier's a vet. He's been in the league a long time. He's a well-known, established, you know, he's got, he's got street cred on the international game. It could be a little more of like, let's give him the respect as a starter. But when it comes down to winning time, uh, you know, maybe we'll see a lineup that includes Grimes because Tibbs has made it clear he loves Grimes. This again, that's why Donovan Mitchell's not here. Right. He's him, he is one of the reasons, not the only, but one of the main reasons why Donovan Mitchell's not a Nick is because of how much they felt Quentin Grimes was uh, was a player that fit here. And so with that in mind, it's not like I think Tibbs doesn't like Grimes, doesn't want to play him. No, 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 it's not that. I think he just says, you don't do that to a guy like Fournier, at least until, you know, let him lose the job while while the season goes on. But to finish the game, that's what I want to watch. Does he have him finish games? 
so we we you know again we'll see but i i did that and everybody's just like oh you're defending tiv you're defending tiv and i, I just found that so weird like not defending him, but God help, God forbid, I just consider someone's opinion. See, the and problem and is, it happens to be the head coach who's a two-time coach of the year. I probably should <laughs> listen to his reasoning. You know what I mean? So It's perspective, Alan. I think that's the yeah. hardest part. It's like being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and be able to understand that side of it. So that way yes. you, can, you don't have to hate on something. It, that is a skill, though. <laughs> it's not a skill that a lot of people possess. But it is a skill to be able to say, all right, well, I listen to what you got to say. I may not like it. I may disagree with it. But I can right. still understand it from a basis of, okay, you know basketball. You're considering shooting versus anything else. You figured that the other positions are going to give you that defense. You have, a, you need a shooter. You need spacing. Yeah. Okay, I get it. So that yeah, argument, and it's also the the yeah. chemistry too. Keep in mind, you know, the the one right. one of the things that he described when talking about it is he talked about the the look. What's the again? One of the things that Knicks haven't had in years is consistency with lineups. They haven't had consistency from year to year with players. So you from now you have like two years now of this of all right. And Randall, while he missed Reggie Bullock early last season, by the end of last season, Evan was one of his favorite people. He loved Evan Fournier. In fact, he's talked about it even like off court, how, oh, Evan's my guy. That's my guy. I love him. Like, so, you know, that that kind of consistency, I think, is very important. And when you start a season, you kind of want that. So Tibbs was pointing to different reasons. And while I still am skeptical and I still think in time it's going to end up going the way I think it should go, I also can understand why he wouldn't want to completely disrupt the lineup, which you know we haven't had much of that consistency with groups over the last couple of years. So I'll let this play out. I called it 20 games. That's the first quarter of the season. I, I, I 20 games, let me look at the numbers, and then we can decide if this is working or we were right. You should make the change. For, for anything it's worth, I also 100% agree. I think Grimes just fits better within the backcourt with a Jalen Brunson. I hope Thibs does make the adjustment. I think that's another argument going into the season is uh, Thibs' willingness to adjust um, yeah. to different players depending on you know who they're playing, different lineups, maybe trying a Hartenstein instead of a Mitch in starting a lineup sometimes maybe if you're playing the Bucks or whatnot, if they have a more dynamic type of big. I'm not saying I – don't, I don't think that's going to happen because I think he likes his set starters yeah. to set. Um, you know, bench, I get that. And I think any fans is hoping for that. You might not get that much, but something that he has done and he did try. And I was glad to see, although I didn't see a lot of it, unfortunately, mm -hmm. Cam Reddish. I mean, that's the number, probably the, the name right behind Grimes in this offseason yep. that I've heard the most is Cam Reddish. And I said it even before the preseason started when I heard Fournier was a little sore. So I figured he wasn't going to play that much. And I yeah. knew that, you know, I saw Grimes in the walking boots. I figured, you know, with the left knee soreness and the right foot soreness, he wasn't going to, was, nothing was going to happen with him, right? So I wanted to see what Cam was going to do. That was his opportunity. This was his time to make or break it. He had to show me something. Yep. 11 minutes, one three-pointer. Yeah, one and, for seven. And then a great, you know, give and mm -hmm. take with RJ, which mm -hmm. you know, gave me so much joy and it was all taken away in 11 minutes later when, you know, he had that ankle um, yeah. scare. I heard it wasn't anything serious. He wanted to come back in the game from what I was told, but he didn't uh, obviously didn't want to risk it with, um, you know, being preseason. So hopefully he'll get another chance next game. But I think it he has to do something with these minutes because if he doesn't do anything with these minutes and he's already limited right now in preseason and Grimes is not playing, I can only imagine what happens when Grimes comes back and they're playing regular season games. Yeah, it's again all excellent points. If you watch too, once the injury happened, we put that on the post game show, and you could see he he actually stepped on the foot of a referee running down the floor. He was trying to just he was trying to uh, to go wide into the corner, which is what you're supposed to do on fast breaks. Always somebody has to fill, and you know it all depends on where you are on the floor. Some some go down the middle as a, you know you should kind of just crash, and then there's others that have to just like just go wide and, and kind of be that stretch, you know, the option out in the corner three. And he was going to the corner and he just happened to, you know, hit the foot and twisted that ankle. It, it, it wasn't, you know, it was pretty rough. And the first thing he did when the whistle blew was he wouldn't look at the bench and he kind of waved like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Because you know, he knows everything you just said, you know, he knows I need these minutes. I can't come out now. I can't have an injury now. You know, Grimes is out. This is my chance. And so he kind of waved it, kind of waved it, but then they took him out because 
they have been saying that they are overcautious on every injury in preseason. They're not going to let you play through it. They want you to get healthy because obviously it's a grind during the regular season. They want everybody as healthy as possible. So they took him out. Now we'll see. There's no, I didn't see any word today uh, about it, but if he's waving it off, he's probably trying to stay in the game, which makes you think maybe it's not so bad. You hope it isn't because this was an opportunity for him to try to figure out a way to carve a niche. Those first three minutes that he came in the game, hits the shot, looked very smooth, and then the break, and then he, you know, he hands it off for the finish. And those were things that I'm like, all right, good. And I actually was saying to Wally Zerbiak, who was standing next to me while we were watching there, we were in the tunnel uh, right by the visitor's bench. And I was saying, you know what? I was like, yeah, that's it. Make him play you. That's what I kept saying. I Make him play you. Make right. them play you. And it looked like that was his intention. And then he just started missing a bunch of shots, which everybody was missing shots early. It's preseason. Right. That's what I was frustrated with the injury because it was kind of a good chance for him to show how much work he's put in this offseason how much more dedicated he is on the defensive end, and if he can kind of give his coach a reason, like look him in the eye and say, see, you got to play me. Look what I can do out here. And unfortunately, uh, that only lasted about 11 minutes. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, yeah. if if, uh, if it isn't a serious injury, and you hope he's going to get more opportunity in the preseason because he's a guy that definitely needs as much minutes as he can now to see if he can get into the rotation later. Yeah, I think um... – Cam has all of the talent in the world. He just has yeah. to stay healthy, man. It's an, and it, that's the story. Always. That's, that's just been the story of his, you know, career. You know, just yeah. injuries. You know, and it's yeah. it's unfortunate for somebody who has all that talent. Drafted where he was, you know, he had that explosive, you know, Atlanta playoff series, right, where he mm -hmm. was going off. So I mean, everybody thought they were getting a a significant piece. And a lot of times during the offseason, you know, the Lakers made it seem like because it was rumors that he want that the Lakers were interested. The Lakers yeah. made it seem like he was a significant piece. So, you know, it does seem like the value was there. I, I think there – I don't want to base one game on Cam Reddish. He's, he's more than 11 minutes. And I want to see what he can give me beyond that. But even in the 11 minutes that he did come in, besides those two little plays, he did run into the, you know, a couple of defenses that are already set. Um, yeah. Got a shot, you know, swatted away. Yeah. Um, just because he wasn't, you know, looking – I think he was looking around while he was going in, so he didn't really know what he was doing when he was going into the paint. So just right. a couple of things that I'm noticing there. And it's, again, preseason, again – um, but I want to just jump away from uh, Reddish and go into another uh, polar fan uh, player in Randall, really. I want to see what the fans are going to do to him. Um, and thankfully, actually, the fans were nice. Welcome I didn't me. hear it. Right. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, hear, I didn't hear anything too bad for Randall. Um, no. I, I do want to say, personally for me, and a lot of you know, my, my cohorts don't agree with me, but I felt like he looked a little lost in the, in the first half. More, he, he turned it on a little bit more in the second half. And I think in the second quarter, he was getting a little bit, uh, you know, more consistent. But that first quarter um, looked a little yeah. bit out of place. Uh, yeah. I didn't think he knew what he, what he was doing a couple of times. When he was catching the ball, kind of just jab, stepping, and then, you know, looking like he was mm -hmm. going to shoot and then passing. So just a lot of the other Randall stuff I saw. I did see a little bit of ISO Randall in the uh, third as well, which I didn't like too much. But I get it sometimes. He's, look, he's probably going to be your best player on the floor sometimes at that position. Depending on the switch, he might have to do that. So I get I get the need to try to practice that, um, but I liked that he didn't that he played off the ball a lot. And if you noticed when he shot a free throw, he made the free throw in. He rushed back on defense. He ran, and that's something. Yeah, yeah, that's something that Tibbs has talked to him about. It's it's his motor. Yeah, because Tibbs has said one of his best attributes is when he plays in the in the fast break game when he gets out on the floor. He's so athletic. He's so strong. Yeah. that he can finish against anyone in those scenarios, and he tries to get him to do more of that. So I think that's a that's something they're trying to like. They're just trying to make that a muscle memory thing instead of something that they have to implore him to do. Uh, first quarter, like I said, was kind of a mess for everyone. A couple of his shots weren't even close. Yeah, you know they were bad. And and at first I wondered, uh, is this a garden thing? You know, like is he? You know, I'm back at the scene of the crime and, you know, how are they going to greet me? And, you know, my first shot, I'm nervous because there were some groans. Again, I was in the building. You know, the, some of those misses, there were groans. It wasn't booze. It, you know, it was just one of those like, like that was bad. You know, oh, my God, that shot was ugly. Right. But it's all about settling in. And once he settled in, you know, he was much better. And he finished with some nice numbers. I mean, again, he fills everybody. It's 16 points. What is it? Five rebounds four assists, you know, that's what he does. Yeah. And he didn't play a ton of minutes either. So for Randall, it's got to be for him to just settle down. 
and play in the flow. Is he going to have some ISO moments? Yes. Why? Because he's really good at ISO. If you get him one-on-one, he's really good. It's when the double comes that we all know that's when the problem starts. He's got to recognize that. He's got to speed up a little bit so he's not grinding a possession. It's the one thing I noticed with Brunson out there and also with RJ. Those possessions were moving. Like they, they, they were not stagnant possessions. Yeah. That was also very good to see. But I just feel like Randall, and I don't know, I'm sure they've talked to him. He's got to get out of his head that he's got to put up numbers and to make everybody like him. Yeah. What he has to understand is you already got the contract, dude. You got the contract. Right. You know, like the only thing now people are going to judge you on is if the team wins or not. That's it. Nobody's going to judge you if you're averaging 17 points a game. Nobody's going to be like, oh, wow, that's one of his. He hasn't averaged this low. And, you know, he's normally a 2010-5 guy. Like, what is he doing? Nobody's going to say a word if the team's winning. They're going to say, wow, he is learning how to play and let other people cook too and not feel like I got to blow up the play. Like, they will be happy with him. It's when he blows up offense, you know, it blows up sets and shoots a low percentage and, and you know, grinds the ball and doesn't hustle back on defense. That's when the criticism comes. So I'm willing to give him that benefit of the doubt that go into this season and be confident in RJ, be confident in Brunson, be confident yes. in Fournier, and let it all just happen in the flow rather than forcing it. And just be happy. Like, <laughs> I, you know, it's amazing to say that, right? Like, you got everything going for you, man. Don't be so miserable. Enjoy life. Enjoy playing. And, you know, if things aren't going well for you, do the little things and let someone else cook. And no one's going to say a word about you if RJ's averaging 23 a game and you're averaging 17 a game and your team is winning. No one's going to say a word. Not a bad word anyway. A lot of people actually want to see that, to be honest. And he was, the, I think, he was the <laughs> third leading scorer on the team yesterday. RJ was first at 21. Yep, yes, he was. Right after, and then yeah, 18. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, if Nick fans saw that exact same stretch every single game, it's nobody would complain. It. If nope. they won, nobody would complain. Now, again, night night by night, it's it's also by matchups, right? Like, the, right. there's certain games that it's going to be his night because, oh, you can, you can, you're going to eat them alive. Like, you're just, right. there's certain teams. That it's like, nah, we're going to you tonight. That's the best thing is that when you have a more versatile lineup that you're not just relying on one guy. Yeah. It's so much easier because night to night, it's someone else's chance to be the focal point. And you all you've got to do is support. And I think that's important. Look, when you're trying to get a contract, you're always worried about your numbers. That's a reality, Absolutely. man. Yeah. Like every player will act like they aren't. Oh, no, I'm not thinking about my contract everybody's thinking about their contract. It, you, it's human nature. But once you get it, the only thing you're judged on after that are dubs. Nothing yes. else. That's it. And if you're part of winning, you're worth the money. You know, it's funny. You said yesterday, and um, and I want to quote this because it's such a great line. Results are all that matter. Yep. This is the NBA. And wins actually matter. They mean something. Oh, yeah. And he, and for this Knicks team to win a preseason game, 96 to uh, 96 to 117, that's that's still a game that we won. We can say that we won that game with a controlled pace. It wasn't – I thought for a preseason game, by the way, that was a lot more control because I've seen preseason games where for about a quarter and a half, they couldn't find the basket or the ball. So, I mean, yeah. we I think we've all seen, you know, games like that. One of the things for me, though – and I was very, very worried, Alan. I don't know if you yeah. were, but I was very worried in the first quarter when I saw RJ got off to almost a no start. He yeah. didn't do almost anything in that first until Cam, right until Cam came in, basically. And then mm. it seems like Cam Reddish well, basically. Yeah, good. No, I was gonna say what what I also noticed was when they went to the bench, but RJ stayed in. I love when RJ plays with the bench because that allows the game to go up tempo. Yeah. So what you had was Barrett out there and Obi out there and Cam, like that suddenly turned into a track meet. And then you saw like easier baskets start to happen. And Barrett also seems more empowered when the bench guys come in. It's like, yeah. all right, I'm the man now, you know, because Randall's still more, even though it's RJ Barrett, Randall's still more established than him. Brunson's, you know, a, a veteran as well. Uh, you know, like there's just something, even Fournier, like it's just, 
it's probably something he'll he'll never get over that little brother syndrome, right? Like this just happens when you come in the league at 19 years old and these same guys are still around me. So, but I saw a little bit last year, especially late in the season. And I saw it last, last night as well is he's, you know, he just kind of like, you know, my chest comes out a little bit. I get a little more like, ah, this is my crew. Like I'm going to run this and their tempo, yeah. they sped up and it made the game a little bit easier for some guys. And I thought RJ was phenomenal in the you know again randall was great in the fourth quarter a uh, third quarter he hit four or four right. uh and rj was very good in the third quarter as well came out and you know that's when he got his buckets so you know uh, friday will be interesting you know it'll be interesting friday now to see okay you got kind of the, the cobwebs out and the rust off and all the other cliches yeah friday should be a little bit more of a first quarter first half kind of game i think second half these these middle two preseason games you'll probably see a lot more of everybody else but first half is always the most important half. First quarter as well. Get off to the start, set your tone, you know, and then you can relax a little because you just don't want to go full throttle in the preseason. You know, it's funny. When I looked up, I felt like I saw RJ at 21. I felt like I didn't – I looked up once. He had, like, what, three or four points, five points. Yeah. I looked up again, he had 21. Yeah. He did it sneaky, like quiet. Yes. And yeah. that's – Only two that, free throws. Only right. two free throws. Yeah. Right. And this, that for me, that is so important because if he's yep. doing that quietly on, in a preseason night, dropping 21 with Jalen mm -hmm. Brunson dancing like he was, could you imagine giving him a couple more minutes, more burn time with Jalen Brunson, watching that flow go together? RJ Barrett. And we, last time we talked, uh, I think I'm, I'm more, I'm very, very uh, good at calling it like I see it with a lot of players. Mm -hmm. But I love RJ Barrett. I've always loved R.J. Barrett. Even with you, I think I, I was really high on him the, the last time we talked. Mm -hmm. And I think last time I said he was knocking on the door of the All-Star game, right? I think this year he has a case. If he plays well and this Brunson thing works, he could make a case to bust that door open. He could, yeah. The team has to win. You know how it works sure. with you know with making the All Star game. It's it's all about you know your 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 wins, not not just your stats, but you know what your team doing. Yeah. That's important. So you're contributing to winning. But it's the, yeah, it certainly is there for him. You know, he wants that. He wants that recognition. And you know, I've called him from day one. Uh, I've called him a foundational piece. I just think that's what he is yeah. because while he's not superstar level talent, meaning you know something dynamic about him, John Moran is dynamic. You know, Zion's dynamic. You know, these guys that are in his draft class. But Barrett has something that, to me, is a foundational thing. That 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 when you're trying to build a winning program, guys like him help you get there faster. And that's character, toughness, dedication. You know, understanding. He's mature beyond his years. Just you know, he's guy. He just carries himself in a way that you just see. Like, all right, this guy's a classy guy. Like, you just see it. You know, he's a kid, but he's not a kid. You know. And Absolutely. I think that stuff's really important. So there's a lot of, and, and people are going to jump on this, but I'm, there's a lot of Dwayne Wade in him. And what I mean is not necessarily the same exact game, but a very similar type of game and a similar type of personality. Dwayne Wade was always very comfortable. Like he, Dwayne Wade has never looked awkward in his life on a basketball court, right? Like I, he always looked like he belonged, but no one really knew early on what he could be or how good he could be. He came in, a, he came in a league and he just started to show it. And that's when Shaq recognized it in him and said, no, that's the guy. Yeah. And I think Barrett has got that. And he's trying to remember, you know, Wade came in a little bit older. So he's trying to figure that part out and how to do it without overstepping some things with some vets that are older than you that have been around more. It's going to be a very interesting thing to see how RJ establishes himself on the team as a guy that'll no longer defer, no longer kind of take a step back or as a back seat to other people. And that's going to be important to see. I think Brunson will empower him. It's yeah. very important for Julius to empower RJ and let him ascend a little bit. You know what? Yeah. Come up here, come upstairs into the, you know, into this level. You're yes. on the, you're on the suite level now with us. You're allowed in the room. That's, that's a very important place for a player to get to when he's been coming up on the team with this, you know, again, with a guy like Randall, who he hasn't been his equal. Julius has to accept him as his equal because it could let RJ blossom. I was going to say, you made a good point. The reason he does so well with that second unit or players that are haven't been here as long or maybe a little bit younger because he feels 
that leadership, that leader role. Yeah. He can obviously become that leader. We've seen yeah. him do that in strides. And players do go to him. You've seen the young guys go to him quickly. Toppin, they they trust in him. Yeah. And they believe it. And Toppin's the older guy and still obviously trusts in RJ, who's mm-hmm. you know 22, younger. But it's been in the league a little bit longer. So it shows that experience does matter. And you know playing matters. And his ability to score and his ability to be that dominant, what we think he could be, a wing, a dom- and we need a good dominant shooting wing, and he could become that. If he ups that three-point percentage, but I think he can, he can, you know, improve. I think you guys said it on uh, the show last night, around 45% overall shooting ability. If he can get that up to there this season mm-hmm. and finish better at the at the rack, yeah. I can't see why he can't That's get That's the key. He, yeah. he can get the 45% if he just finishes better around the rim. That's going to be important for him because the three-point shot for him, yeah, same as Wade. Wade wasn't a great three-point shooter, but he made them when it mattered. And he's enough of a threat that you had to worry, but he wasn't a great three-point shooter. But what Wade did is finish at the rim. He could finish better than anybody. And I think for RJ, that's a big deal this year. When you get in the paint, you got to finish. And he struggled last year to finish a lot of times because he could get to the paint. He could get to the rim whenever he wanted. Yeah, Finish was the hard part. So he's got to get there. I'll tell you what, too. I'll make a hockey reference. He's a guy I see wearing the C on his jersey one day. Like That, I think, is something that you know, captain isn't a big deal in the NBA. You don't really hear a lot about it, but he's that kind of player that at some point he's your captain. And, you know, and, and th- these are the years you start to develop that, um, that, that presence of the leader, the voice, the face and all that stuff. And I think, you know, I, I think he's on a way to, on his way to that. This is a huge season for him. It, it's an exciting one too. contracts in the pocket, you know, nothing, yeah. nothing else going on that he has to worry about. Now he just has to buckle down and be the player that he knows he can be. So with all that being said, and I've asked a couple of fans this, because I was wanting to know, because every single time this happens, every single preseason, I think I do this, you have a, you going into the season, ESPN does it too, we have a list, a ranking of what we think the Knicks are going to win, whatever yep. the case would be. At around 43 and 45 wins this uh, this year. Uh, it maybe could go a little bit less. You know, there might be, a, they're likely looking at a play-in team. East is just too stacked to begin with. Although, there is a huge opportunity right now because injuries are just, you know, apparent mm-hmm. right now. Celtics mm-hmm. are injured. Robert Williams is out. You know, Udoka has gone. Bulls are without Lonzo for God knows how long. I mean, yep. there are injuries throughout, you know, some of the some of the Eastern Conference. We don't know what the Nets are going to have yet. The mm-hmm. Nets looked okay, I guess, you know, when they were playing, um, you know, a couple of days ago. I liked a couple of things I saw from Ben Simmons, but we don't know how that team's going to gel. We don't know what we're going to get from Kyrie. So, there are a lot of open slots there and opportunity is there. And if the Knicks can figure it out, they could potentially make a run. But if we're talking about now, after what you saw yesterday, do you, are you changing at all what you believe their win total for this year is going to be? No, it's one preseason game. I mean, I, I think I still look at the roster and, you know, depth is their strength. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't have the one dynamic player that you need. You know, a lot of the best teams have that. You know, Kevin, Dur- I mean, the Nets have three of them. They're really two. Uh, you know, the Celtics have Jason Tatum. Like, you understand, like, everybody's got, you know, you got Harden, you got Embiid on one team. You know, that's the kind of thing you're trying to compete with. And they don't have that. So with that in mind, depth is going to be your strength. You've got to be a Toronto Raptors kind of team. That's what you got to be. They don't have a superstar. They've got really good players. They're well coached. They have some depth and they just keep coming at you. You know, they're prepared every game. You have to be that. And if you can be that, yeah, you can be a you can be in that seven, eight, you know, argument. You can be in that six, seven, eight block, especially if injuries take its toll on a team, whether it's, you know, again, you mentioned you know, Robert Williams hurt and that, that affects their defense in Boston. No Gallinari. They thought that was going to be a huge addition for their bench. So right. you take him out of the equation. That's another piece they were missing. I mean, you have uh, – you mentioned Lonzo Ball, who if you look at their splits, him on the floor versus him not on the floor, big difference. I mean, they yeah. won when he played, and they were under 500 when he didn't. So they need him. That's a big piece as well. And then there's the surprise stuff. Didn't know that was going to happen. Didn't know this player was going to get hurt. Didn't know a player was going to play as well. Who knew that this player was going to take that next step and become an all-star? We didn't see that coming. 
So there's all that stuff. Atlanta, and what are you going to get out of Trey Young and Deontay Murray? Is that going to work or is it not going to work? Is 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 um are you going to get Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland? Are they going to play well together? Are they going to get exploited defensively? Is it all going to mesh? It's all questions that need to be answered. So Absolutely. health is critical and obviously continuity, two of the most important things. And so for the Knicks, it's just staying right there and then seeing at some point in the middle of the season when you know something always happens, are you in striking distance to take advantage of it? So, you know, it was promising what you saw last night. There's still a lot to figure out. I'm going to go – I think the the latest I saw from Vegas was 39 – was 38 and a half, I think, was the over-under that I saw set. Yeah, I think so. And I'll take the over, but I'm going to be very modest with it because I just feel like 41 and 41 is about right, not based on they're not good, they're an average team. It's just like you said. There's just a lot of good teams in the East. And if I can name, you know, eight to nine rosters that are just better than this roster, yeah, it's just reality. So you're at, you know, you're sitting at probably 10 and hoping that, you know, you can take advantage of things and be better than that. But I'm just, you know, being modest, that's where I am right now. So one thing before we let you go here, Alan, is the Pacer game coming up this Friday. Um, that's going to be at 7.30, obviously. Now, we're going to see Tyrese Halliburton. We're going to see Miles Turner, who's given Mitchell Robinson problems um, a couple of times as they played, obviously, because, you know, stretch fives always give other yep. other centers uh, problems. Of course, True. I actually want to see what happens with Isaiah Hartenstein on him. Um, I think that's going to be something that we're going to see. Uh, it's going to be interesting to look at that. But, you know, what are you um, – I think you mentioned a little bit of what you're, what you're expecting in terms of lineups and who's going to play in terms of first half and second half. But what do you yeah. want to see from the Knicks uh, going into this next preseason game that you haven't seen from them in yesterday's game? I, I mean, I just think more of the same. You know, I, I just want to see more of the evolution of the offense. And let's see if, uh, you know, against a different team now that, that you can still get that same idea of the motion in the offense, the movement. Uh, you know, running the floor, getting easy baskets, uh, that kind of stuff. You know, I, I just want to see the consistency of, okay, this is the same thing I saw against Detroit. If that's what I see, that's good. Um, there's still, you know, they're obviously going to be adding things and building things, and there's sets that they're not going to use in the preseason that, you know, suddenly they'll throw them at you in the regular season. But it's more of that. It just, what I saw, you know, it's always that, all right, do I trust what I saw in the first game? I can trust it more if I see it again in the second game. But I would remind people, the Knicks were 4-0 in the preseason last year, and they won their season opener in triple overtime over the Celtics, who went to the finals this year. There was a moment where 7th Avenue was flooded with fans who were yelling bing-bong and were yeah. thinking they're going to the conference finals, right? So, yeah. you know, everything is with a grain of salt. You see it, you're like, I like it, that's good, yeah. but really we won't know much. I always give it that. Give me, give me 10 games into the regular season before yeah. I can really get a feel for what this team is 20 games before I know what do I need to fix and what am I happy with? So um, I'm looking the same consistency is what I'm hoping to see. Cause again, we've had not had that. I want to yep. see uh, the defense, obviously. Um, I want to yep. see how they do on closeouts with the three. I think the, I think if you wanted to nitpick at anything yesterday, it's just, you know, how they defended the three in the first half. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how really the, the the Pistons really got back into it. They just kept shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you were able to close that up a little bit, which I think they will do um, in the regular season, Tom Thibodeau will assure that they do that, I think. Yeah, they, uh, they, work on, they work on in the paint out. So they start with let's make sure we get it right in the paint, and then we'll yeah. work on how we then, you know, close out on the outside. But in the paint is the first priority on the defense as they're building it right exactly and and again if, if i see a little bit more of that i want to see a lot more well a lot more but i want to see a little bit more from from randall um same thing from barrett and of course i've got to see more from jb smooth i love it jb smooth i might steal that friday night oh if you do you gotta give credit, <laughs> give credit i might steal that do. i might steal uh, that but uh, I don't want to keep Alan too long. He's given us a lot of content already. Plus, if you haven't listened to this uh, show, I guarantee if you scroll YouTube, you'll see a couple of more podcasts with him on it. And you'll listen to those shows. You'll get even more content because he's everywhere. And he's going to be on ESPN, obviously, this season, too. You'll catch him there. Catch him on Twitter. Catch him on MSG this Friday as well, too. One of the best uh, guests that we've had and also a friend of the show, Alan Han, Han Solo. Thank you again for coming on, bro. Sure, I appreciate you, man. Have a good one, man. Thank you. And for fans, keep it going. 
Keep liking, subscribing, and following us. Until next time, Nick fans. Peace. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Clover gives you the power to run a smarter, faster restaurant. See everything in real time with the kitchen display system. Streamline takeout and delivery with online ordering. With the right tech, quick service is getting even quicker. Clover, accept payments, run your business, and sell more. For a limited time only, visit Clover.com to get a $450 statement credit on qualified hardware purchases. That's www.clover.com. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.